0: folks DSO here another episode of the dad starting over podcast with me today is the latest member of the dad starting over family team however you want to call it our tribe and that is uh, coach Vance coach Vance welcome how are you (laughs) doing well thank you for being on the show and uh, you are part of our coaching team now but your expertise is a little different from the rest in that you have made your living off of the world of health and fitness, for lack of a better term. Can you tell us your background and what you bring to the table?
1: Yeah, so um, basically since 2009, I've made my living mostly as an Olympic weightlifting coach. Um, I'm a senior international coach for for USA Weightlifting. Um, I'm also the head uh, Olympic weightlifting coach for Brun Parker College um, in South Georgia. Um, I actually last week was in Ecuador for the Pan-American Championships and in December I'm going to Uzbekistan for the the World Championships with uh, Team USA. Um, I'm also uh, the Sport and Exercise Science Program Coordinator at Bruton Parker College. I'm hopefully a year away from my PhD. I get to say I'm a PhD ABD, which means all but dissertation. So I just have to go through the horrible pain, which is to do your final dissertation, but I've done all the coursework and and that sort of thing. So we've just been approved to have a sport and exercise science here at the college and I'm coordinating it, and kind of wrote the program from scratch. Um, so I'm, On the academic side as well, I I never really wanted to be in coaching actually, or that wasn't the the initial plan. I actually wanted to be a biologist. So I'm really interested in the the science part of athletics as well. Um, So I've just kind of been pushed into the coaching role role, uh, throughout my life. People kind of recognize my intelligence and my leadership skills and and I was kind of always just kind of picked for those positions just kind of fumbled
0: my way into what I do now. Very cool. So short but sweet yeah you're qualified <laughs> in this realm and and that's important in this world, isn't it because uh, with the internet being what it is and the fact that this world of um, health fitness, which has been, and we'll talk about this some more, it's been kind of taken over by the uh, bodybuilding world a great deal. Uh, it always surprises me when I have um, 50-some-year-old men who read my book, for example, and say, time to get in shape. And uh, they will just go right into supplements, um, you know, body split this and that, and it, they just get, really get lost in the weeds. And it very much it's driven by a lot of the popular culture, bodybuilding magazines and stuff. I grew up in, I was big into the bodybuilding world in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorian Yates, for example, was my man. Mm-hmm. And before him, the, the Mike Menser, Lee Haney and all that, all that world. Um, mm-hmm. I went to, to give you some background, I got really into, into the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic mm-hmm. and actually shook hands with Arnold himself I sat down and chatted for about an hour with Dan Duchesne. I don't know if you know that name. I do. <laughs> and uh, talk about an interesting character, yeah. but one of the nicest human beings I ever met. But the more you learned about him, old Dan had a problem. <laughs> we could go on about him for quite a while. He was um he uh, was a uh, he wasn't a scientist if I remember right. I think he was an amateur very intelligent guy who knew a little bit too much and was a little dangerous with his knowledge and he introduced some not so good compounds to the world of bodybuilding yeah his his
1: thing was self-experimentation and while experimenting on others who would Mm. let him um but yeah there's there's since the 1960s there's not a whole lot of research on anabolics above the um the medical dosages so, yeah, yeah. of course. So he was, well, what, what can we do? You know, let's look at these seven different vectors of, of anabolics and see if we can exploit them. And um, a lot of self-experimentation and a lot of trial and error. That's, that's how it worked. No clinical trials.
0: <laughs> no clinical trials. That pretty much summarizes the world of bodybuilding and to its credit, the world of bodybuilding kind of makes fun of itself where they will call this level of Dan Duchesne type expertise, bro science. I'm familiar with that term, where, uh, you know, you'll be in the gym. And if you see a guy that's got some muscle and with the male ego being what it is, all you got to do is ask that guy, what do you think about fill in the blank? And sit down and relax, because that dude will tell you hours worth of probably 90% of it's nonsense, but he's very sure of himself and he's yeah. it's worked for him, et cetera, et cetera. So we could go down. The difficulty with these subjects is... There's so many different avenues to go down. We could go down the world of drugs and anabolics. We could go down the world of workout splits and what works and what doesn't and fat loss. But for today's episode, I wanted to talk about the world of supplements. Mm -hmm. And this is something when I talk about it, I'm surprised at how many men jump into the world of, of bodybuilding so deeply. The one avenue they probably jump into right away is supplements, which shows me that the supplement companies have done an excellent job of... Putting the product in the man's face, um, feeding upon his insecurities and and telling him, pay the $49.95 for this. Who knows what in the hell is in this bottle, which we Uh can go into. No one's quite sure. And uh, it'll give you the edge that you want to really achieve. For most men, it's fat loss, muscle gain. Um, So let's talk about it. Um, In general, the supplement world, is it safe to say, professor, is... um, 90% Ninety percent bullshit is that a good summar- <laughs> summation summation
1: uh, yes <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> yeah um, I would say yes and no in in context of making great improvements in body composition and performance, yes, I would say um, most of most of the supplements are have some kind of backing in terms of. Uh, Uh, clinical trials or uh, research that they do something you know Um, they take some mice they inject whatever substance into them they do some measurements and they find that it does something Um, but then once they 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 bottle it um, make it in oral form and a bunch of fitness people take it essentially it does nothing and there's there's very little honestly there's very little research um, on on supplements, like good research, um, because the only uh, the only people who have a vested interest in that research would be supplement companies. Um, you know, pharmaceutical companies spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to do their own research, but um, funny, the supplement companies won't fund a lot of research into Um, These things because they know well. Even if it, you find out that uh, it works a little bit, they're saying you know it's going to improve this by five hundred percent. And once it's in, um, once it's been researched and found that's not true, now they're liable for their marketing essentially. So even if it, even if they find out that it does work, um, it hurts their their marketing campaign. The worst thing that could happen is they find out they fund the research and they find out it doesn't work. Well, then they have to take their product off the market or continue to just sell it (laughs) anyway, even though they funded um, bad research.
0: Yeah. And when you when you hear some of the behind the scenes stories of some of these companies, it's pretty nefarious stuff. And sometimes it's as bad as we got a warehouse full of XYZ chemical, which is pretty innocuous. It's not going to really it's not toxic. It's not going to kill anyone Uh, go see if you can dig up some studies that show that this is going to help somebody in some way. And they'll find some, well, there was a study back in 1976 that showed in a small population of men, their testosterone increased 12% boom, test booster, put it on the market, slap a funky label on it and put it in the GNC, buy some ads in the muscle magazines and away they go. That's how a lot of these start. Um, what's interesting though, and even gets more nefarious. The more you dig into it is what's on the label. It's not necessarily what's in the bottle all the time. And uh, there are some third-party companies that have realized this and have taken some of these products and put them in the lab and said, guys, <laughs> be careful. You don't know what you're putting in your body. Which begs the question, here in the States, don't we have laws in place to protect me from buying a bottle of XYZ test booster and taking something, I don't know, You know that could hurt me in the long run?
1: Um. Yeah, so I'm not a lawyer, but I, I do know that... There's, there's a couple ways to kind of get around the FDA. Um, one is that they can say it is a nutritional supplement. so if it's a nutritional supplement then it doesn't really have to pass um, the kind of the clinical trial stage as an actual uh, drug. Um, the other way is is they, they say it's uh, well, real gray areas they say it's a research chemical so, um, but you're and it's not for human consumption. So mm-hmm. you can even like put, <laughs> you can even put on your bottle that, uh, you're not supposed to take this. Um, this is just for research purposes only. with, with your a, with a mobile, wink wink, we all know what it really
0: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and but people are, of course gonna gonna take it. Um, so technically, no, there's typically no laws. and even even companies that kind of violate the FDA, rulings. The FDA is so busy, um, especially now with with the whole pandemic and stuff like that. Um, you know, w- waiting lists to to get approval is like seven years for like a drug that even when they find out that it's good clinical backing, it works, it can save lives. It's still typically a uh, mm-hmm. seven year waiting period to get it on the market. So they're not they're not worried about it. If somebody reports them if, that this company is selling something, they'll send a warning letter and that might be it, or um, they might check some time later and send another one, or they might say, hey, take it off the mark, or we're going to find you. But it's t- it's not usual that, like, you know, the FBI is raiding supplement companies and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I'll tell you that quality control is also an issue for sure. Uh, I mm-hmm. won't throw anyone on the bus, name many names, but a, a friend of mine does run— a um, supplement company. And right now it's, it's a good one. Um, I would trust, I would trust him. I would, I would trust his product. But when he was first starting, he was, uh, he was capping this stuff, making this stuff uh, in his kitchen, which is not a sterile environment. Your kitchen is not, (laughs) even though you eat what you're, (laughs) you're making it is not a sterile environment um, to be putting pills in, you know, in bottles and and all yep. this kind of stuff. So um and you kind of see it. You you open you open this up and you can kinda of tell which were kind of made in a with like a little handheld machine or which ones were made with like a a good um pharmaceutical based machine. Mm-hmm. You can kinda of tell the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, hmm Sometimes the companies would uh I remember this was back in I believe in the nineties. Somebody got busted putting some stuff in there that they weren't supposed to do. Well, why the hell would they do that? Well, if you put a little bit of anabolics in your test booster or whatever product it is. Um, and then some you know, people feel some legitimate changes and you know, something that can only be brought on by a hormonal product. Well, then sales are going to go through the roof. And some people, I don't remember any the specific names, got busted actually putting anabolics in the products and selling this to the general public kids. At GNC, we're buying oral anabolics. That's huge. Um, We saw something within our uh, Dad Starting Over group where we had a gentleman. He was very adamant about there are natural supplements that can significantly boost your testosterone levels, to which I'm going, eh, be careful. You don't know what you're taking. And no, there's really no genuine substitute for the real thing, which is if you're just a naturally high testosterone guy. If you're well rested, you're hydrated, and you're eating right, that's what you got versus taking a shot in the butt or a cream or whatever. That's about it. Taking Testo Boost 5000 or some magnesium supplement, I think is what he was taking. No, good luck, but no, you're not going to get to the level. Well, he said, Oh, yeah, watch this. And he shared his blood test or, yeah, his blood test values that he got back. And it showed that his testosterone was through the roof and his estrogen was down to nothing. (laughs) He's like, well, that explains why I don't feel so good. And this was exhibit A for you don't have any clue what it is you're taking. And what you and I both saw there was this is something he's taking akin to an aromatase inhibitor. Obviously, something that is shutting down the production of this estradiol. And in turn, with the way the body works, trying to balance things out, I know that's oversimplifying it. You will notice a subsequent rise in your testosterone. And that's what he saw. And we never heard back from him on what happened with that? I would tell that guy, stop taking whatever it is you're taking immediately. But that was exhibit A for who knows what the hell you're taking and what results could be. Be careful out there.
1: Yeah, and in, in fact, the Olympic Committee now actually has um, products that they certify. They wouldn't do it for a long time because they didn't want to be liable for um, that sort of thing. But now they have actual companies that have 30, third-party testing go through this process so that people know um, what they're taking is in there, because it's it's hard to know what actually went on, how many people just said that they were taking contaminated or ended up with contaminated supplements when they were taking the real thing and actually cheating. But um, the Olympic Committee has been warning for since the beginning of the supplement industry that, you know, these tainted products exist and. Um, Something is as simple as uh, they're also making anabolics and they don't clean out their mixers, that sort of thing. A lot of these products are made in China where they are t- making these things as well. Or like you said, um, you know, your product, if you put D-ball, you know, Dyna-ball in, in your product, it's going to work. Um, and so people are going to keep buying it. So if they take this thing and they feel nothing, which dyna you're going to feel two after you're going to get some water retention, you're going to look bigger, like almost immediately within a week. That's not muscle. That's actually water retention, but you don't know the difference. You just go, I'm 10 pounds heavier, (laughs) heavier all Mm -hmm. of a sudden and stronger. Uh, So um, yeah, that's always, always a risk um, that they're going to be putting stuff in there that uh, you don't know what it is. Um, People, people ask me, like, they wonder why I would recommend, like, an actual pharmaceutical drug for health purposes versus, like, a supplement. And well, first of all, a lot of these supplements, they work in the same pathway as the actual drug. For example, um, red uh, yeast rice is a supplement you can buy to lower your cholesterol. It works in the same pathway as, like, a statin. So like your Lipitor's and your Lovastatin. Actually, Lovastatin was designed off of this red uh, yeast rice. You know, it's been used in Chinese medicine for a thousand years. They looked at what's the actual ingredient um, that works. They synthesized it into an actual pharmaceutical. But, you know, if I go to the pharmacy and it says 10 milligrams of Lipitor, I know I'm getting 10 milligrams of Lipitor. If I get this red yeast rice, I don't know what the dosage is actually is when it ends up in the, in the pill could be like way overdosed, could be way underdosed. Um, so why would you t- take that risk? Why would you, I'm going to take a crappy version of, of Lipitor when I can get the real thing from my, from my doctor. So in that sense, I always recommend, I know the pharmaceutical industry has their own problems, but typically you get what's on the bottle Yeah, for the most part.
0: Yeah. You know what it is. You're, you're, you're putting it in your body. Um, you know, some people listening to this may say, "Oh, somebody's putting Danaball into in, in a supplement." What's the name of it? Let me let me write this down. <laughs>
1: um,
0: these are serious compounds. An oral steroid has a whole host of issues. You don't want to introduce into your body unless you absolutely right. need to. Um, Danaball, for example, yeah, you want to watch your estrogen th- shoot through the roof and and have water retention and then subsequent high blood pressure and everything. Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not good. I just want to get that out of the way. Guys, we're by no means uh, uh, saying that this is a good thing. In fact, any doctor worth their salt will say, stay the hell away from that stuff. Um, we know, let's just throw out the number, which could be conservative. 90% of this stuff is just, you might as well throw it into the garbage. There's also a another level of, of supplements, which, yeah, they work. But is the degree to which they work worth the... 75 bucks or whatever you're going to pay for the bottle. This stuff is expensive, especially considering the cost of what goes into making the margins are, I would assume, pretty huge on some of these things. You know, you got a warehouse full of some powder from China that costs, you know, pennies per pound, and you're selling a bottle of it for $79.95. It's a pretty good markup. For example, some of the most common supplements that I hear out of uh, members and readers' mouths are, uh, for example, pre-workout. I took some pre and I couldn't sleep. You know, you hear that's the vernacular. You'll hear guys say, and, uh, man, I was running around the block and I hit a PR after I took my pre workout. It's a stimulant. And some of those stimulants are, wow, pretty major stuff. Um, that in itself could be dangerous for some guys. You got high blood pressure and you're taking the equivalent of eight cups of coffee in one shot. (laughs) Be careful. Um, Now, with that being said, sometimes when I go to the gym and it's 4 p.m. and I'm dragging a little bit, I will take a little, I have espresso machine, a little espresso. That's my pre-workout. So there is some viability to it. Um, Some other ones that there's viability to, uh, creatine, creatine monohydrate, for example, to be specific, has been a, from what I understand, a well-studied supplement, which has its benefits and their strength gains and the mechanism to which it works is what exactly? Is it the water retention? Is it the? Can you shed some light on why creatine does work?
1: It's probably a combination uh, of, of things, but mainly it works in the the what's called the creatine phosphate cycle. So, um, high intensity training you can you can last about six seconds at your highest intensity before it kind of depletes and you actually need to you require other energy systems um, carbohydrates and and fat to actually supply energy to the body so like with strength movements um, you only get that that short burst so creatine essentially prolongs it like literally just milliseconds but that's enough for possibly an extra rep or two if you're Talking about weights, um, it, it could be like a couple more steps at a higher speed if you're, if you're a sprinter or, or, or something like that. So I always, I always make this point. So do you need those extra couple reps? If you're because creatine works and it's so cheap. That I, I, now that I, I recommend, if you just get the plain creatine, no no bells and whistles in it, just plain, plain creatine powder, you can put in some juice or, or something like that, or it's already flavored, that's fine. But it's so cheap that it's probably worth it for for anybody who doesn't have like a kidney issue or, or something to prevent them from taking it. But I always ask, like, you know, if you're kind of new at this, you're kind of an average lifter, you're the three-day-a-week in the gym type of guy, what is those extra couple reps you're going to get actually doing? Um yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You're not an elite athlete it, for somebody who's <laughs> been training for twenty years and they're trying to eke out like the one percent gain they have left <laughs> in their yeah. in their life, or you know they're a competitive yeah. athlete where you know one percent or winning yeah. or losing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or even if you're a recreational athlete and you're really into it, you know maybe, but. Yeah, for the average gym-goer, I mean, does it, does it really matter? I mean, most of the, the, the studies that we have with untrained individuals, a lot of these things show no differences because if you're untrained, you just make so much progress anyway that adding something else doesn't equal more progress. Your, your body can only grow so fast anyway. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what's the end game here is what I say often to men. What are you looking – really, it boils down to, I want to look good naked and I want to be healthy. <laughs> well, the that supplement and these guys some of these guys are spending hundreds of dollars a month on stuff that when you look at it scientifically may give you a 1% edge. I don't think 1% edge for a father of 3 who's 40, 50 some years of age spend that hundreds of dollars elsewhere. So I mean it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And there there again is that culture of the bodybuilding culture infiltrating the what used to be the normal healthy, you know, like a Jack LaLanne, 1980s aerobic type used to be cardio, used to be it. And I'm not sure where all of a sudden it became bodybuilding is it. And it's not necessarily it for everyone. There's a place for resistance training, I think, and probably everyone's exercise repertoire, but it, it's not the be all and end all. And I, it's, it surprises me when I'm talking to 50 some year old guys. And I had to laugh at one guy that I think it was last year. He was genuinely despondent because he was finding it very hard to hit his target of 225 grams of protein a day. <laughs> I'm like, who told you? And why? Well, how much are you eating? Well, I got up to 150 today. I'm sure you're fine, Mr. Guy who's sedentary 95% of the time. Right. <laughs> you work you work out four days a week, an hour at a time, four hours you're exercising every week. I, I think you're gonna be fine. I genuinely don't think if you got that extra 75 grams of protein, a couple of extra chicken breasts that day, you would notice any difference whatsoever in your physique, in your health or anything. So don't don't sweat those little details. And I think, thank you, uh, what, what's uh, Joe Weeder. Thank you, uh, Bill Phillips and all these other guys for right. instilling in everyone these little bodybuilding things that don't amount to anything for 99% of us. It's a little ridiculous. And the supplement world is... Perfect example of that. Separating people from their money, preying on our fears and insecurities. Take this. This guy's taking it. That's another thing. The guy's talking the gym. Whoa, dude, you just hit that 315 like it was nothing. Yeah, it's the creatine blah 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 I'm taking. But let me write this down. What's it called? And they're they're on Amazon and they're just, I see it. I see it at the gym all the time. It's nuts. But I get it. I was in that world too. I've taken um, egg protein, whey protein, creatine. I'll oh, we'll get into this. The world of the, um, oh, what were they called? Pro-hormones. That was an interesting little world there for a little while. Thanks to uh, Patrick Arnold was his name. Right. The the chemist who came up, uh, where's he from? Illinois. Because I live not too far from him in Illinois. And um, yeah, he yeah. came up with the androstenedione. Mm-hmm. That was the first one basically an oral steroid and yeah. it, it took over the professional sports world specifically the baseball world you know by storm it was uh that was real stuff and they kept changing the compound and and making it so it wouldn't aromatize if i remember all it, going by my memory from the 90s but uh, that was a big deal and old patrick ended up in jail over it
1: yeah well i mean he also worked for BALCO. that's right the, the whole sphere. they were doing
0: the full-blown well, yeah anabolic designer yeah
1: Ziner steroids for for athletes as well yeah so um the pro hormone is it was is basically what um it metabolizes into testosterone it's like the you have this family tree you have testosterone here and there's like a million steps like you know on paper you can write out like there's like seven or something like that but eventually but there's actually like thousands of enzymatic steps, but eventually you get testosterone. Well, Androsunidion was, like, right before that. So um, it was just kind of, it was a way to sell steroids um, without, because, you know, at least in the United States, steroids are a class C drug, and that that started in 1992. So that's coincidentally about when the pro-hormones kind of hit the market. So, like, you couldn't, you know, you, you, you could face serious jail time for um, for using steroids or trafficking and all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll just go one step below. <laughs> uh, <laughs> testosterone will go andros to androstenedione, which kind of worked, I guess. Um, it had all the same side effects as an oral steroid: uh, liver damage, skewed your lipids water retention, um, shut down your your production of, of natural testosterone. And because there was no um, – people weren't taking testosterone on top of their, their androsonidion, then they were getting low estrogen and all that horrible, horrible mm-hmm. uh, stuff as well. So by the time it actually worked, you're probably in such bad shape that it's probably going to stop working. As well. So you'd, you'd be better off just taking the real thing. Just, yeah. just, you know, again, things that have had clinical trials and are used for medical purposes, yeah, I'm not saying they're good, but um, they're they're better than the, the gray market supplement for sure. Exactly.
0: And then we've seen here in recent memory, I don't know how many years, it goes back now, several years, uh, another round of this kind of pseudo, if we, for lack of a better term, pseudo-anabolic world, the SARMs. Mm-hmm. S-A-R-M-S, selective androgen, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, this, this I get questions about constantly, the uh, selective androgen receptor, receptor modulator.
0: modulator. That's it, yeah.
1: So for medical purposes, um, first of all, none of them have been FDA approved. Uh, the ones that are on the market are basically the throwaways. They've gone through clinical trials either with mice or actual humans, and they decided um, they're not good enough to be taken to market yet for medical purposes. So those are the throwaways. Somebody's just reading papers about them and they're like, "Oh, I can make this in a laboratory <laughs> and sell it." And that's basically what's happened. So those are usually considered research chemicals. So technically yeah. they're not illegal, they're not a class C drug like like steroids, but they're also not FDA approved. So there's a lot of questions about whether they're legal to sell or not and probably Lawyers probably don't even know at this point, Um, but they, I mean, they will, if they turn out to be good, if they develop some good ones, they'll be great for the medical community because the issue with um, wasting diseases and cancer and and trying to prevent muscle, uh, uh, muscle loss is in the past, all they've had were anabolics. Well, what about women and what about children? So, Um, Selective androgen receptor modulators work on the androgen receptor, meaning they cause protein retention so that you can maintain or or build build muscle. And they're supposed to not have the same side effects. They're supposed to not um, cause liver damage. Uh, They're supposed to not change your lipid profile, um, cause uh, shutdown, but all the, all the research now shows that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, anything that, that stimulates the androgen receptor will probably cause some level of side effects, maybe not as much as your anabolics. Um, but they'll be used in the future for, for women and children. But, again, it's kind of like a weaker steroid that has the same side effects. Um, the reason people are taking them is because they can get them. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to go to the guy in 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 the alley behind the gym and <laughs> hey, what what do you got? What, what can you help me with? Um, and face jail time and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can buy them online, so that's why they've become popular. But again, it's like a it's a weaker steroid that has the same side effects. So if you're gonna do it, you might as well do the real thing. But I would yeah. stay away from them. Period.
0: Um, and SARMs are oral, taken orally, I assume, right? That, that's, yeah, also, and- that's also a big thing for a lot of these supplements is that they prey on the fear of needles because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are one step away from jumping over the line into the steroid world, but they don't like the idea of injecting themselves. And these supplement companies and, and the uh, research chemicals, arms people, they know that fully well. And you can get the same thing just by putting it in your mouth. And when you go down that pathway of taking something orally, uh, you, you tell me... Uh, being processed by the liver is a concern or being filtered through by the liver. And so, which could lead to some not so good things.
1: Yeah. The only way they've been able to make those things bioavailable is they have to have, they go through this um, enzymatic process of change by the liver, which over time just creates damage. Now the liver is a little bit more resilient um, than other organs like your kidneys and whatnot, but, yeah. Um so the the big issue is is the lipids, I would say. So liver damage is a big concern with with those type of oral drugs, but um the biggest issue is the oral drugs change your HDL, lower your HDL by fifty percent or so over over time. So you're that's where you get the atherosclerosis and, mm-hmm. and you know, all these bodybuilders dying of heart blockages and whatnot is it's really because they have low HDL pretty much year round because they're on those, those type of things. So the liver bounces back. I mean, it's, it's much worse to drink every day, drink alcohol every day than probably the oral steroids, but it is something you have to concern, be concerned with. But yeah, I worry yeah. more about their, their cholesterol, um, mm-hmm. good and bad cholesterol is takes a big hit with those oral drugs
0: and that's a silent killer as they call it. It's uh, you start in the age of 20 something and Mm -hmm. accumulates over time. And by the time you're in your late forties and going to the doctor and they say, you've got 80% blockage here and uh, your blood pressure's to the roof, et cetera, et cetera. That's when you oh shit. Um, it's again, we want to reiterate the taking of anabolics, anything of that realm. We're not telling people, uh, you're taking a minor league version of the real thing. You might as well just jump over the line and take the real thing. It's probably safer. No, there's downsides to, and we we can cover that in another podcast. There's downsides to jumping on the old anabolic train for sure. As any man like myself, who's on testosterone replacement therapy will tell you there's pluses and minuses and there's way to manage and it can go overboard in a hurry and you can go under and a whole host of issues. So it's nothing to be taken lightly, um, which is precisely why with these supplements, be careful what you're putting in your body. Um, you have no idea, especially, you know, this about, well, this is a real tangent, but this is a perfect illustration of just because it's legal and just because you see an ad for it in the magazine doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to take this and one, it will work and two, it's going to be safe for me. Um, the, uh, the cannabis world has really taken off here recently. And what we're finding is there's a select group of people that really don't tolerate marijuana very well. And it sends them into the world, the fun world of schizophrenia. Oops. Right. Um, yeah, Who saw of, that part of, the,
1: part of the issue has been the idea of well, it's all natural. Um, so snake venom is all all natural. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well so exactly. There's this idea where people tend, some people tend to be, you know, like I said, kind of drug phobic. So I'll take the supplement instead for my health um the doctor said i should take this but i'm going to take this instead you know yeah. <laughs> they go to the doctor and the doctor says you have high blood pressure um, you need to be on this blood pressure medication and you say like oh i'm just going to go to gnc or walmart and get this for blood pressure instead because it's all natural um but all natural doesn't mean no side effects uh, yeah. you really have to do your research and and, and and figure that out and the problem is again they haven't gone through long clinical trials so even if you take something and you like, you're, you're tracking your blood work and, and all this kind of stuff it, you don't have any negative side effects, but how about, you know, two years from now, you don't know because there's no long-term studies on it. Like, uh, you know, a lot of blood pressure medication, like lip, like uh lipin like, uh, like or, or whatever have been on the market for 20, 30 years. So we have something that's, that's been there. We can see, Oh, we, this guy has been taking it for 20 years and, and it doesn't have any side effects. You don't know what these supplements are going to be um, as well. I mean, a lot of these pharmaceutical drugs end up after a few years, they get recalled because they've gone through the short-term studies and then they figure something out after somebody has been on it for a couple of years. And then they recall it. Same thing
0: can happen with those supplements as well. Mm-hmm, exactly right. Okay. With all that being said, do you have in your mind a small list of supplements that are safe, effective, and worth the expense? I do. Um, so we mentioned creatine. Uh,
1: again, that's, that's one I, I suggest if you want to go that route. And it's really just because it's, we know it works and it's really cheap. And we don't have a lot of data that shows that it's dangerous. You know, unless you have a pre-existing kidney issue, then you shouldn't take it. But other than that, we you know it's been on the market for a long time. I, I don't nobody's showing up at the hospital with creatine related um, illnesses and that sort of thing. So that's the one um, vitamins. <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. A lot of a lot of guys don't know that they might be vitamin deficient. They might have B twelve deficiency folate deficiency, iron deficiency, all kinds of deficiencies, yet they're spending $150 on all these other supplements, Mm -hmm. but they're vitamin D deficient. Um, So I always suggest uh, vitamins in the morning and minerals in the evening. And usually like um, a B complex that'll have vitamin B12, um, vitamin D, I suggest niacin, especially for for older men, because it has a good effect on cholesterol. We have a lot mm-hmm. of research on that. Um, and then in the evening, zinc and magnesium, and that's that's pretty much it. A lot of people are zinc and magnesium deficient, B twelve uh, deficient, and vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. Um, the typical American diet seems to cover everything else. Um, you know, there's no scurvy or, or anything like that. Um, vitamin C, you can, you, can, you can take 500 milligrams of that. Sometimes I recommend that too, especially if you have joint pain because it's, it's a very good antioxidant as well.
0: And that about covers it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of the quite literally thousands of different things that you can take. There you go.
1: Yeah, this the, I mean, we know stimulants work. Um, I'll just say that, that these pre-workouts, the main ingredients, caffeine. yeah um, a lot of the other stuff, the herbs, like that stuff scares me because I don't think they've had a lot of research on those things, and you don't know how it interacts with because they, they put in so many different stimulants all at once a lot of those pre-workouts so um less is more i would would say if you're looking Mm -hmm. for a pre-workout because you don't know how those things interact is it one plus one equals two or is it one plus one equals five Mm -hmm. Um, because we know from like the old like ephedra caffeine aspirin stack that they used to sell that was how it worked the aspirin was actually donating called methylation there it's donating chemical material to the other uh stimulants in there so it's yeah it's one plus one equals five and you're you're essentially doing crystal meth before <laughs> before yeah. you train and it worked <laughs> it worked oh, for, yeah. for the sure other, but uh, what were some of the also name brands for
0: your cardiovascular system uh ripped fuel mm-hmm. that was a big one that was basically yeah, neat. <laughs> yeah those were yeah, huge those those
1: type of things so uh caffeine is the main ingredient. I would start there, you know, try drinking a cup of coffee before you work out, see how you feel. Um, take a five hour energy or whatever before you work out, see how you feel before you go right to the, the Jack 3d.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, and, and with all these products, it really boils down to just cut the BS. What is your end game here? And most of you say, I want to look decent and I want to be healthy. Is, are all these products that you're going to take worth the, I got an extra rep on my bench press. So what? <laughs> it, you're, you're not a competitive bodybuilder. I keep saying that to guys. It's one of my standard phrases. You're not a competitive bodybuilder. You're not a model. You're not making your body or your money with your body. Um, you're not going to in a contest anytime soon. You're not an, a, a weightlifter that, you know, one more repetition or uh, one extra kilo is the difference between silver and gold medal. You're just an average dude. You want, yeah, you want to look your absolute best possible, and you want to be as healthy as humanly possible. Let's put that first. But I, I personally don't see, and this coming from experience, um, well, if I could save all those hundreds of dollars that I spent as a kid back in the '90s and stuff, it'd be nice if I had all that money back um, because it didn't do me any, a bit of good. Um, I think a lot of it's a placebo effect, to be quite honest with you. I take this, I think it's going to work, therefore it works.
1: Oh, yeah. The placebo effect is huge. Um, yeah. In fact, they've even done studies where they uh, they gave two groups uh, sugar pills, and they told one group that they were steroids and one group that they were nothing, right? And the group that they told um, were steroids, they made tremendous progress wow. in comparison to the other wow. one, which kind of shows um, the placebo effect of, of putting anything in in your mouth as well. Yeah. So uh, I ruined it by, <laughs> by telling everybody that their supplements don't work. Um, but yeah, I think the belief
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. is the bigger, bigger contributor than, than the supplement yeah. itself. And uh, the fact that they want to believe, you know, you could put study after study in front of a guy's face and said, that thing you're buying is completely worthless. Then he goes to the gym and his buddy who beat him on the bench press or whatever said, dude, it's that Test Boost 5000, man, I'm telling you. And he's like, maybe I'll give it another shot. <laughs> maybe there's something to – you just want to believe. That's all there is to it. Uh, well, they, a little, you
1: know, they take something, they train, they get better, and they they uh, give credit to the self like, There you go. Yeah. I hear don't. that all the time. I, I, you know, they'll ask – somebody will ask me, what do you think about this product? And I'll say I I haven't seen any evidence that that product works, and they'll say, "But I put on ten pounds." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> good. You
0: worked out you, hard, and you, you ate, ate a lot. Worked out, you <laughs> ate
1: more. Um, <laughs> you mm-hmm. took care of yourself, um, but it probably wasn't that
0: that product.
1: Yeah. And that's why I say I usually just go, okay, you know, if if they want to continue to take it, take it. But you asked me, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: If it works for you, sure, go ahead and keep on taking it." Uh, as long as it's not hurting yourself. And as we've said, you may very well be hurting yourself and don't even know it. You're Ingesting something into your body that you don't know the long-term effects for. Good luck. Yeah. So um, any parting words? Any, um, we know there's a handful of supplements that may do you some good. Really, it depends on where you're, um, where you're uh, what's the word? Where you're lacking. Um, do you suggest guys take a blood test to show them? Well, minerals and vitamins—they they may very well be lacking um, before taking something. Hate for you to take a lot of B12 if the blood test comes back and said, "Dude, you're maxed out on B12. You're good to go." Well, don't waste your money on a B12 vitamin.
1: Yeah, definitely take a blood test and 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 see where you're deficient. Um, especially, um, you can you can figure that out by especially just get your red blood cell count. You know, if that's low, then there might be an issue if it's high then then probably not um you're not probably not deficient in iron you're probably not deficient in b12 or folate um i know there's been a couple guys in the group that have had a kind of low red blood cell count or, or hemoglobin and i helped them you know get that up so um it's something to look at but also um vitamin d uh and that's pretty much pretty much it because, um, you know, B, it won't hurt you. I mean, they're water-soluble vitamins, B vitamins, you'll, you'll be all right. The one you have to worry about is iron. Um, taking too much iron is a real problem because it mm-hmm. causes blood clotting. Yep. Um, yep. It's actually a cause of heart attack. Sometimes, you know, you take a trip to the hospital and the doctor says, they look at your iron levels and they're like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? Um, so that is the one you have to be concerned with. Um, but the others seem to be okay. So yeah, I would I would get your iron checked, your B12, your vitamin D, um, and that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, the, the big thing is is eating well is expensive. So if you can take that money that you're spending on supplements and buy your chicken breasts and, and that sort of thing, um, you'll be way better off
0: yeah exactly. but that's not very sexy is it? <laughs> that's not as exciting it's work. as it, it's there you go it's work it's not as it's not as sexy and exciting as going to GNC and buying that bottle for 30 bucks that gives you that extra edge that's makes you excited and awesome versus a, a tray of chicken breasts. Wow <laughs> Kind of tired of chicken breasts and steak and whatever. But hey, that's the nature of the beast. We're not going to uh, pull any punches here. That's why I said I want to title this, you know, the no BS chat with with uh, Coach Vance about all all world all things in the world of the fitness and health. So looking forward to more of these. We'll talk about fat loss, gaining muscle, we'll talk about diet. We'll talk about hormones, all those things that we hear questions from the guys on a daily basis about. So looking forward to it. And thank you, Coach Vance. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: And uh hope you have a great day. You too. Have a good one. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood. But none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on -on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.